This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the One who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents the Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, a question that's raised throughout the Scriptures, and a question that occurs in our Gospel reading today very clearly, is what is faith? It's affirmed up and down the Scriptures, talked about by all the great prophets, talked about, of course, by Christ himself, by Paul. But what is faith? The question comes to the forefront in the gospel because the apostles say this to Jesus. Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus replied to them, If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Now, I bet every one of us can identify very clearly with the Apostles' question. I don't care whether you're the worst sinner, you're the greatest saint. Every one of us, even in our faith, feel the need for more of it. I don't know anyone in the spiritual life who feels that he or she has enough faith. So we say with them too, Lord, increase it, give us more of it. Now Jesus' answer is, as usual, a kind of indirect one. What he implies here is, that faith is power. Faith is power. And that's what I want to reflect on a little bit today. What does faith do? Faith lifts us up out of the little narrow world that we live in and connects us to the power and the mystery of God. Mind you, God is that which creates the whole of the cosmos. Therefore, when we're connected to God in faith, we are connected to the source of enormous power, the power that creates all that exists. St. Augustine said to be in sin is to be caved in on yourself. It's a wonderful definition, by the way. But here it means that you live just in the little cramped confines of what you can see and know and control. To have faith... Here I'll use the jargon of the moment, is to live outside of the box. It means risking, venturing, believing the impossible. Living, as the spiritual masters say, in the magna anima, the great soul. The great soul. That means my particular soul, my perceptions, my mind, are hooked up to mind and power infinitely beyond them. Now, can we see the power that flows from faith in rather obvious and spectacular ways? I think sometimes, going back to Jesus himself, of course, and then up through so many of the saints in the tradition, you'll see the power of faith manifested in healing. It's as though the holy person becomes a conduit of the divine power, as though God's power which creates and sustains the cosmos, can flow through the person of great faith for the healing of the world. You can also see it, I think, in the power of prayer. 
Some people pray in such a way that they are efficacious, that what they ask for in faith, they receive. Anthony DeMello, the great spiritual teacher, said that if we had even a little of the faith that the New Testament talks about, that we really believe what we were asking for, we would receive it. The reason why he says so many of our prayers go unanswered is we just don't believe it. Here again, faith establishes a continuity between the power of God and the world. But I think the real power of faith, which is manifested in ordinary ways, is the power that comes from detachment. What am I talking about here? When I live in faith, I have recentered my life. I'm no longer centered on me, my mind, my heart, my concerns, but now I'm centered on God. God's power, which transcends space and time, that's the new center of my life. What does that do? That produces in me a sense of detachment. I'm not tied to the goods of this world. I'm not tied to the approval of people around me. I'm not tied to success. I'm not chagrined by failure. I'm in a different realm of existence. And in that realm of existence, I am free. Now, Christians, this comes up all throughout the Bible, the theme of freedom. I am free when I live in faith. Because now, none of these things in the world, success or failure, riches or poverty, health or sickness, none of those things can finally influence me. I'm not tempted by one. I'm not afraid of the other. But rather, rooted in the power of God, I am now free to let God's life flow through me. And that gives me power. So when Jesus says, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to that mulberry tree, or as he says in the other gospel, you could say to that mountain, be uprooted and planted in the sea. Well, he's speaking about this power that comes from detachment, that comes from freedom. Have we seen this at work? Look at the saints. The saints up and down the centuries are those who bear this divine power in faith. Let me give you just a couple of examples from our own time. Martin Luther King. Something I find amazing now that I've reached almost the hoary old age of 42. King died when he was 39. And his career took place between the ages of 25 and 39. He began his career as a civil rights leader when he was a very young man, just out of school, had just begun his time as a preacher. What did King face as he began to go up against segregation? He faced one of the most powerful social forces of the time, rooted in all kinds of institutions, rooted in the hearts and minds of the whole country. What else did he face? He faced the very direct hostility of those who were opposed to him. From the very beginning of his career, he's receiving uh, death threats and threatening letters and telegrams. When he appeared publicly, he was usually taunted. Things were thrown at him. Do you remember when he came to Chicago in the 
kind of height of the civil rights movement. And he's marching through Marquette Park, and people were throwing things at him, throwing bricks at him and bottles. My point here is that King faced all of this tremendous opposition. What gave him the power, nevertheless, to transform American society? There's no other answer but faith. King had re-centered his life away from his own ego and its desire for, for power and for mastery and for reverence. And he had placed his life in the hands of God. Once he had done that, he was detached from success and from failure. He was detached from approval and from disapproval. King knew from about 1960 on that he would probably be assassinated. That's very clear in his diaries and letters and speeches. He knew it. He knew it. He faced the ultimate fear. But in faith, was able to be a conduit of the divine power, even for the transformation of the world. Where else do we see it? Even more recently, John Paul II. You know, now that the Pope is so kind of physically weakened, we can forget what powerful forces he unleashed. When the Pope first came to Poland, at the height of the communist regime, the Pope was opposed by all kinds of forces. When he appeared in Poland, they tried in numerous ways to block people's access to him. They threatened not to televise, not to broadcast him on the radio. They set up literal roadblocks so people couldn't get to him. But when they came out by the millions and the millions to hear him, and the Pope spoke the truth about God and about society and about the human being, he unleashed forces that led eventually to the formation of solidarity, that led eventually to the toppling of the regime in Poland, which led eventually to the toppling of the other Eastern European regimes, and finally to the overthrow of the Soviet Union itself. The Pope, in about 1980-81, faced down one of the great superpowers of the world. But in his detachment and his freedom which was born of his faith, he was able to unleash power. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to that tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea. We've seen much, much greater than that in our own time. Our first reading from the book of the prophet Habakkuk gives us another angle on this question of faith. And I want to just say something very briefly about it. This passage opens with another one of these statements that we can identify with very easily. Listen. How long, O Lord? I cry for help, but you do not listen. I cry out to you violence, but you do not intervene. Why do you let me see ruin? Why must I look at misery? Well, if we can move into the apostles' words from the gospel, O Lord, increase our faith. How much more can we move into these words of the prophet, and especially in the wake of the events of September the 11th? Don't these have their own special resonance in all of us? How long, O oh Lord? I cry for help, but you're not listening. I cry out to you violence, but you do not intervene. Can't you see 
Can't you see the violence of the world, and why don't you do something about it? That's the question. That's the anguish question. Now listen to the Lord's answer. He answers with a summons to faith. For the vision still has its time. It presses on to fulfillment and will not disappoint. If it delays, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not be late. The rash one has no integrity, but the just one, because of his faith, shall live. There's God's answer to the anguished question of Habakkuk. Lord, how long? When will you act? And the Lord says, it will not disappoint. That is to say, my action. If it delays, wait for it. It will surely come. What's he inviting Habakkuk to do and all of us? He's inviting us to move in faith into a higher and broader and richer context. The world that we can see, what is it? But a tiny, tiny aspect, corner of God's creation. Where's God's plan being carried out? Here on the earth, in our world? Sure, but that's a tiny corner. God's providence, God's plan is being carried out in the whole length and breadth and width and depth of his creation. Are we part of it? Of course we are. But when we say, Lord, as far as I can tell, this is making no sense. We're not living in faith. To be in faith now is to move into the context of God's own vision of the world. And then we know that his providence unfolds on his timetable, not ours. According to his plan, not ours. Therefore, faith invites us to a richer vision and a greater patience. It will not disappoint. If it delays, wait for it. It will surely come. Therefore, Christians, in faith, be patient. In faith, move into the perspective of God's own mind. And finally, in faith, realize that you can be a bearer and a conduit of the divine power. God bless. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. To purchase copies of the word on fire, call 847-297-4360. That's 847-297-4360.